And so we pray that all our meditation on your word, Lord, might be acceptable in your sight, our King and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, we've really heard some powerful testimonies this morning about how God works in people's lives. And as we're studying the letter to the Galatians, we're actually talking about this same theme. And especially today in this passage where Paul talks about his own experience. So going right back uh, to this first century, beginnings of the church, uh, we're hearing the same things as we've been hearing uh, from people today in the 21st century. And Paul himself had a dramatic uh, conversion. And in this uh, Caravaggio painting, uh, you see a part of that. I think I'm booming a bit, uh, Andy. Is it, uh, you see a part of that uh, there because Paul had an experience of Jesus who he was persecuting. He was persecuting the followers of Jesus, and so he was persecuting Jesus. And in this dramatic encounter uh, with the risen Jesus, this vision, uh, in some ways, uh, as Andy was speaking about, how something can come to you that changes you, turns you around. And this is what happened uh, with Paul. He fell to the ground, he was blinded for a time, and then the church took him in. They were really nervous about taking him in. He was the number one opponent of the church. But they took him in, he was baptized, and he became uh, an advocate of the Christian faith, the Christian faith that he had previously opposed so strongly. And so this is the gospel that we've been thinking about, the good news. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, Ken Seng began that uh, series for us last week, Fiona. And what Paul is saying here is about life. And not everybody realizes that the Christian message is actually about life. It's not about restricting life or suppressing life. It's about enabling life. Paul says, I live through Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And that's an amazing, exciting, mind-blowing thought that Jesus Christ, the one who is the Lord of all, should be in people's lives. And yet, it's not something that uh, is often understood by people uh, these days, or perhaps in any day. And uh, one of the people who also came to a conversion experience was C.S. Lewis. Uh, you know the Narnia stories, and he wrote many other books, uh, C.S. Lewis. He was a great figure in literature in Cambridge and Oxford, his writings. And just recently, I met somebody who was a lecturer, is a lecturer in English literature in the university. You know, I kind of try to keep in touch with some of this world. And um, she was really keen on C.S. Lewis and on the things that he had written about English literature. But when I spoke about his Christian journey, how he came from atheism as a reluctant uh, new Christian, she knew nothing about that. And so it shows you that the story still needs to be told, doesn't it, to people who you would expect would know it, but who don't know it. And C.S. Lewis was talking about how uh, we need to let, as he put it, that other, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And he was talking about the busyness of life and how so many things crowd in and we don't really have space for God in our lives. And Lewis said, make it your aim at the beginning of the day 
to let that life of God, as he put it, that other voice, come to you. Listen. We've, we've heard a lot about Bible reading today, haven't we? And to listen to God. This is the living word of God. Not just a book from the past, but a book for today. And so let that voice come to you and let that life flow through you. And when I used to work in human resources, uh, I found just going from meeting to meeting and sometimes quite difficult meetings, um, I needed consciously to give space, even walking down the corridor, just to let God's presence be with me, to make that something intentional. And I think that's what Paul is talking about. He's talking not just about something that happened to him in a dramatic moment, but he's talking about Christ lives in me. It's ongoing, isn't it? It's present. So that's what we all need to ask. Where are we today in our living with Christ? And Paul says, I live by faith. And some people say, ah, yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? It's just faith. It's believing something that's really impossible to believe. Uh, but no, it's actually trust. And we all trust. There's many things that we trust and people that we trust in this world. Otherwise, we couldn't actually survive. And so there is a trust. And faith is opening our hands so that God gives us the gifts that he wants to give us. And sometimes this experience of seeing faith at work comes in very unexpected ways. Today, we're thinking about uh, giving gifts, especially to support work amongst children uh, in our church, but beyond our church. And Jane, our children's and family champion, who, you, if you didn't know her, she was one of the people here leading the Brill Brill Wicked Wicked Skills Go, and she was here. Uh, and um, she's often saying to us, let's listen to our children. They speak to us. And this is one example. Uh, I'm interested in the church in, in Japan, as I've uh, been interested in the church in many countries. Um, but Pastor Otsuku, who died about 10 years ago, was a major Japanese Christian leader. And he had in his mission congregation an eight-year-old girl who was actually thrown out of her home for attending the church because her parents were so opposed to this eight-year-old girl going to church. And the church took her in, but she had a very, very hard time in her relatively short life. But the pastor, who you might have thought was the one who was going to teach the girl and help the girl, he said, I learned from her so much from this eight-year-old girl about faith about her trust in God in the most difficult of circumstances. And he said that he came to understand what Paul meant when he wrote, It is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and I live by faith. He saw that faith in the eight-year-old girl, and it made a difference in his ministry as he saw the presence of God in the people of his congregation of all ages. And we believe in that, don't we? This is what we are committed to, to see God at work from the youngest to the oldest, from the oldest to the youngest. I live by faith, says Paul. And I found that faith when I lived in Eastern Europe uh, amongst people who had been suppressed 
by atheistic regimes, by anti-Christian regimes who wanted to suppress completely and eliminate the Christian faith. And I saw the faith of people who had suffered, whose family members had been put to death by the communists. So there is living by faith, and there is living in grace. That's the final part of what I want to share today. Because grace just means it's not about what we do. And lots of people think, oh, I could never be good enough. I could never be what these church people are. Other people, of course, say, I don't want to be like these church people are. But there are people who say, I could never live up to it. And the fact is, it's not about living up to it. It's about opening ourselves to God's unmerited love. And Tom Wright, uh, one of the great theologians of our time, says that any individual who prides themselves on their status must die in order to live. And the new life that we receive when we receive Christ is not something to be proud of. It's not something that gives us a special status. But it is the gift of the life of the crucified and risen Messiah, Jesus Christ. This is life, isn't it? And it's a gift that we can all receive today. Paul knew about status. He had a lot of status before he became a Christian. He was one of the leading Pharisees. He had everything going for him. And he said, those things I no longer count for anything for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ. Grace just means that. It's something that is God's gift to each of us if we receive it. So I live through Christ. Let's invite that life of Christ into our personal lives, into our congregation again, that it might flow through us to live by faith, trusting, trusting for the future, to live in grace. And in our services, at the end of the service, there's opportunity if you want to pray about any of these things with somebody, please go to the back. There's a table and there's opportunity uh, for prayer. But in this gift day, it's good to recognize that we give, we love, we respond because of God's initiative. It's not we who start the ball rolling. He does it. And we are drawn up into his purposes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.